afternoon. This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Trish and Evie's Focus on the Facts. To start the show today, my co-host, Patricia Negron, will give us the latest world news, including the attempted illegal U.S. coup in Venezuela and the events occurring in Gaza. We will then discuss the horrifying tactics being used to push toxic vaccines on the entire country, with forced vaccination being promoted in several states across the country. Next, we will continue to cover the takedown of the global child sex trafficking networks with the latest developments in the child sex trafficking scandals of Jeffrey Epstein and the Nexium sex cult and the takedown of the pedophile protecting attorneys representing all these perverts. We will then discuss the latest developments in the Nexium child sex trafficking cult and the recent guilty pleas that have entered in that case, leaving leader Keith Raniere as the only defendant to stand in the jury trial set to start tomorrow in Brooklyn, New York. Over the past few weeks, the attorneys who are out there protecting the pedophiles in legal cases have taken a huge foul with legal charges brought against attorneys Mark Garagos and Mike Lavinati, who represent the perverts in the Nexium case. In the latest court hearing in the Jeffrey Epstein case, the judge ruled that Epstein and his attorney, Alan Dershowitz, were both involved in Epstein's child sex trafficking network, and the victim's attorney, Paul Castle, said in a press conference that there is a universe of 24 girls that Dershowitz may have sexually abused. Last month, a new victim, Maria Farmer, went public in the Epstein case and filed a sworn affidavit in the federal court in New York saying she was sexually assaulted and that her then 15-year-old sister was molested by Epstein and his companion, Grizzlane Maxwell, in 1996. She was then an art student in New York, and Farmer said she reported her assault to New York police and the FBI in 1996. However, Farmer said that the FBI did not take any action against Epstein and Maxwell, and that would have been Mueller was in charge. Remember that. To my knowledge, I was the first person to reward Maxwell and Epstein to the FBI, Farmer said. Farmer was employed by Epstein, and she said she frequently saw school-age girls wearing uniforms coming into Epstein's New York mansion, and they would go upstairs. She was told these girls were auditioning for modeling work. Farmer said she finally came forward with the affidavit to support Guffrey in hopes that Epstein and Maxwell would be prosecuted. Her affidavit is one of 15 exhibits attached to a defamation complaint filed in federal court in New York by Virginia Roberts Guffrey against Epstein's attorney, Alan Dershowitz. Guffrey claims in her new lawsuit that Dershowitz knew about and participated in the sex trafficking operation involving underage girls that was run by Epstein and Maxwell and that she was forced to have sex with Dershowitz and other prominent wealthy men while she was underage. Dershowitz appeared on The View on May 2nd and denied all these allegations again, and he called Guffrey a liar and a prostitute. Dershowitz has always claimed that he never saw any underage girls when he visited Epstein at his various homes in Palm Beach, New York, and New Mexico, but Farmer claims that one of her duties while working for Epstein was to staff the front door to his New York estate and to keep track of visitors. On a number of occasions, I witnessed Dershowitz at the New York mansion going upstairs at the same time there were young girls under the age of 18 who were present in the house, she said in her affidavit, and claimed that Dershowitz was so comfortable 
that he would walk into Epstein's mansion and go directly upstairs where the underage girls were present. Another woman, Sarah Ransom, also submitted an affidavit with the lawsuit with new details about sex she claimed she had with Dershowitz. Ransom said she was introduced to Epstein when she was 22 and living in New York. She claims that she spent time at Epstein's mansion and was lent out by Epstein to his friends for sex, including Dershowitz. She alleges that she had a three-way sexual encounter with Dershowitz and Nadia Marcinkova, a young adult who also worked for Epstein. She says, I recall specific key details of his person and the sex acts and can describe them in the event it becomes necessary to do so in court, she said in the affidavit. Another attorney for Epstein, Ken Starr, also has his own sex abuse scandals. In May 2016, Starr was ousted as president of Baylor University amid the sexual assault scandal involving the Bears football team. Baylor had been under fire on charges of doing too little to investigate reports of rapes of female students by its male athletes at the university. And so Starr was fired because the regents believed that the Baylor's failure to handle the rapes and sexual assault reports fell on Starr. So I'll bring Trish on now on the first to scuff world news and then the vaccine mandates and then the important developments in the child sex trafficking cases. Welcome to the show, Trish. Hi, Evelyn. It's good to be back. I can't wait to talk about uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Alan Dershowitz because I had the pleasure of evoking a very angry response from him uh, last night at an APAC protest. So, <laughs> But on the world news, um, with re- regard to Venezuela specifically, there was a recent, uh, last week there was a, an attempt by Guaido and his backers to execute another coup attempt, this time by recruiting members of the Venezuelan military ostensibly to help pull it off. Well, when the appointed time came, for these uh, military allies to turn up and declare their loyalty to random guy Guaido that no one showed, and he was left standing there looking rather foolish. And the press went crazy trying to spin the whole event. And so while this was happening, what the press wasn't showing us was that There there were tens of thousands of Venezuelans at the drop of a hat came out and surrounded the presidential palace where Maduro was staying and he spoke to them, but they were there to protect him and the palace from U.S. invasion because they have every reason to fear that the U.S. will launch a um, military-like strike in an effort to execute on this coup. So um, that fell flat, and it looks like it is, you know, I'm not sure where they go from here with Guaido, though, you know, he's probably more valuable dead than alive to them at this point, which they could blame on Maduro, possibly, and use that as pretext for invading. Meanwhile, um, the code pink is in you know, Medea Benjamin is leading the effort there to occupy the Venezuelan embassy in Washington, D.C., because Washington had um, sent the Maduro representatives, ordered them to leave the embassy 
and they were planning to bring in their own representatives from the Guaido um, pseudo-administration that they have uh, declared as being the one that's legitimate. And so since, um, for the, I, I think it's been about a week now, these protesters have been sleeping in the embassy. The staff left and um, gave them access keys. They are there at the invitation of the Maduro government. It is, a, it is sovereign Venezuelan territory, so the U.S. has no right um, the U.S. government has no right to attempt to dispose of that in any way. And meanwhile, just as a reminder for people, you know, uh, Nicolas Maduro was voted into office under the uh, supervision of more than 100 election supervisors. And it was unanimously reported that it was among the best-run elections uh, that uh, these people had ever witnessed, including among them Jimmy Carter, former U.S. President Jimmy Carter, also attested to this. Another important fact to remember is that Juan Guaido has never run for office. He he has never been elected to any office. His claims to being the president are utterly specious and, and completely farcical. And meanwhile... One third of the Venezuelan people are to the left of Nicolas Maduro. They want more um, socialist programs to be implemented. And and then also it's important to note that there were two separate teams of journalists that went to Venezuela, each spending a month and each spending one was there last July. Another was there in the month of February of this year. And they specifically set out to find the homeless and hungry in Venezuela in order to interview them. During the entire month, each of these separate teams were there. Neither could find any homeless in Venezuela. The Bolivarian Revolution had reduced critical poverty in Venezuela to 6 or 7%. The official U.S. figure, and this is a figure that does not include homeless or incarcerated um, in, in the poverty statistics for the U.S., is tw- more than 12%. So our poverty rate is more than twice theirs, yet we're pretending to be the ones bringing them humanitarian aid. And the other thing <laughs> is that each of these reporters, when they returned, one to London and then the other to New York, noted that they saw numerous homeless and numerous people eating out of garbage cans within 24 hours of returning to their respective homes. So this whole notion that, you know, this administration has any interest in help in humanitarian aid is ludicrous, especially when you look at Flint, Michigan, which still does not have clean water. So, um, yeah. And how many years has that looked, been now, Trish? It's in Flint, Michigan. Um, three. Three years. Three? Three. Oh, I thought and it was longer no than that even. Punished. Huh? What's that? I said I thought it was even longer than that. I thought it was longer than uh, three years that they've been without clean drinking water. Yeah, it may be. Um, but that's my, you know, I, I know it's been about three years, maybe a little longer. 
So, I mean, just the whole, and, and again, just, you know, for emphasis for people to remember that Venezuela has the world's largest oil reserves and the second largest gold reserves. The Koch brothers refinery equipment in Houston, Texas can only process extra dirty crude oil, which is the type of oil coming out of Venezuela. And one other thing, during the Obama administration, the uh, Venezuelan government, Chavez, donated free heating oil to 100,000 poor American families who would otherwise have been left to be to freeze by our own government. So, you know, again, the, the idea that there's anything nefarious going on in Venezuela in its government is, you know, entirely specious. And the only economic hardship there now, which has killed 40,000 people, mind you, because of the U.S. sanctions, which deny medical supplies and other critical equipment, in addition to the fact that the U.S. was behind the electric grid attack that left dozens dead who were dependent on um, life support equipment. And um, so these sanctions have by the U.S. have already killed an estimated 40,000 Venezuelans by denying well, these them. Sanctions. These sanctions, Trish, when the U.S. issues it, it forbids other countries from providing any goods to these countries that it issues the sanctions on, like Venezuela, right? Yes. So it's the U.S. and other countries that they they trade with, and they want to ally with them against the country in order to cripple it. And so the U.S. tries to prevent other nations from trading with Venezuela as well. It's the same thing with Iran. Now Donald Trump has said that they're going to, you know, they're upping the sanctions for Iran, denying all these European countries access to oil and other goods that they on which they depend. And then in addition, he's now looking to apply the same kind of standard to any country that is he, what uh, the new uh, ambassador on anti-Semitism decides is anti-Semitic. So if you're a nation that Donald Trump doesn't like and calls anti-Semitic, then you you are now um, subject to sanctions. Sanctions. By the U.S. It's just no, I, don't, I don't understand all these political terms. What is anti-Semitic? What am I, if I'm anti-Semitic, what am I mad at or who am I against? Supposedly, anti-Semitism is racism against Jews. But the problem with that even is that the real Semites are actually the Palestinians. (laughs) The Semites are from that region. And and most of these people are are European Jews. They're not, they did not originate in that part of the Mideast. So even the use of the term anti-Semitic is is a fraudulent one. But now what's happened is that because... Well, am I anti-Semitic because I am against Israel slaughtering all these innocent people in Gaza? Does that right. make me and anti-Semitic? The, right. It, you know, it's, oh. like, it's like claiming someone is anti-Catholic because they object to the Catholic Church raping children. 
You know, I mean, oh. it's just ludicrous. Oh. But it's an it's an intentional conflation in order to silence criticism, and and they're now stretching it to include anti-Zionism, which is a political movement that has nothing to do with honoring Jewish history or faith. But the Zionists have successfully conflated, and Alan Dershowitz, among the the primary proponents of this, conflating anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism. But there are at least 40 Jewish groups out there who have now signed on to a document stating that they oppose this idea of conflating those two, and that they have nothing to do with one another, and that they oppose the state of Israel because of its crimes. It's right. not, you know, these are Jews. So, well, right. Well, just like people that hate us because we overthrow all these countries and murder all these world leaders and stuff, they don't sit there and say they're, they're mad at one nationality or something in this country. You know, and right. that's my attitude about Israel. I, I don't care what, what nationality the people that are living there are. I'm mad at the country for slaughtering all these innocent people. And well, I think and the that other the thing- same goes for people mad at the U.S. They're mad at the U.S. for slaughtering genocide all over the globe. Yeah, I'm not mad at individual yep. uh, nationalities. Right. That's a very good point, Evelyn. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's not about, it's about a policy of genocide and apartheid. Yeah. Policy. Right. We're talking policy. <laughs> That's the right. problem. And so you right. can't be, you can't be racist or anti-Semitic against policy. That's just ludicrous. But that's but that's what that's how they managed to dupe people. And that's how they've gotten away with all these crimes. I mean, even going back to 1948, at its very inception, there were intellectuals and other Jews who would come out in opposition to the state of Israel. And so, you know, I, most ironically is that it's the Orthodox Jewish community that is most vocal in protesting the state of Israel because it is antithetical, actually, to Jewish teachings of the Torah. And what the Torah says, according to numerous rabbis and other, you know, rabbinical scholars, is that the Jews cannot realize a Jewish state until after the Messiah has come. So, this, and you know, according to their faith, that has not yet happened. So they may not have a Jewish state. And so they're 70 years into this, you know, uh, in direct opposition to the teachings of the Torah. And e- Well, the Messiah more- comes. What is the Messiah? What is, man, these religions, I'm so confused about all this. What is the Messiah? My understanding, my understanding is that it's it's their God. This Messiah oh. is their version of God. And so I, the, the, I don't the know. The version of God comes. They're not going to quit slaughtering innocent people. Well, that's what the Zionists do. The you know the way that according to these Torah Jews, they say you know. There, there aren't supposed to be any Jews in Palestine right now <laughs> at all to begin with. And that it's only after the Messiah comes that they are called to return there. And, I, and I'm not even clear on all of those details. But what I do know is that a Jewish state is antithetical to the teachings of the Torah if you, you know, listen to these rabbinical scholars. 
so and 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 all and the um, Orthodox Jewish community as a whole, there are hundreds of thousands of them have protested at a time against the state of Israel, and they themselves call out Zionism as terrorism. That is their language, and I simply repeat that. I mean, that is exactly what it is. And and if the the real clincher here is now, you know, with all this warmongering around Iran and claims right. that it's, you know, this brutal dictatorship and, 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 you know, making all these ridiculous claims. Jews are fleeing, is the you know, Palestine for Iran in order to practice their faith more openly. And yet it is the Israeli government accusing Iran of being, you know, extremist and all this other stuff. Well, yeah, what, what, did Trump or, or Obama... Um, say that they're a terrorist state, Iran. Trump. Trump just did. They claim that okay. the Iranian National Guard is is a terrorist organization. The Iranian yeah. National Guard has been fighting terrorism legitimately in the Mideast, unlike the U.S., which is right. arming, financing, and protecting terrorists and training them in the right. Mideast. Right, and so they're fighting the terrorists, So and Trump labels them a terrorist group. Yes, because they're getting in the way of the U.S. helping the billionaires steal, like, Syria's oil from the Golan Heights, for example. So, right. Yeah, and wasn't it just, uh, wasn't it just this last week that the, there was a report out that said that, that the U.S. troops will stay in Syria for as long as needed or something because they have so many resources in Syria? Yep. Yep. He has no intention of leaving. They have no oh, intention of so leaving. Horrible. This is so horrible. But I meanwhile... In order following yeah. troops, slaughtering more innocent people on the behest of these corporations, they will yeah. rot in hell. Rot in hell. I don't give a shit what reason they entered the military for. When they're going around killing all these innocent people for corporate profits. And the corporations come right out and say it now. Oh, we want to stay and keep yeah. our troops in Syria because there's all these resources we've got to get. Down in Venezuela, the oil companies want the oil. These yep. troops staying in the service, and I don't give a shit what reason they gave for going in. They thought they're going to get such good benefits and all this. If they'll trade it for this, slaughtering all these innocent people, they will rot in hell. Well, the good news in Syria is that... Um the Syrian Arab army, um, supported by uh, Russian air um, strikes, is attacking the terrorist troops along the um, Mediterranean coast there in Syria. What What is happening with, with Syria, it appears to me, if there's a section in the northeast near Iraq and Turkey where there are terrorist elements that we've heard about, the YPK and um, other sponsored by Turkey that are sort of occupying that region in the northeast. And then there's this um, corridor that goes from up in the northern part where Aleppo is down south to Damascus, which is is very close to where the Golan Heights is and where Genie Oil is stealing that and the oil from Syria. Right. And the, that whole side of 
on the coast, along the coast of the Mediterranean is a key piece of the China Belt and Road Initiative. So the way it works is the the Silk Road goes along the north where the, where these terrorist elements are in Syria and that northeastern part I just described. So that's the, the Silk Road. And then the belt is what goes south from around the, where Turkey is. And then along the coast of where Syria, Palestine, and then down to Egypt on the northern coast of Africa to connect the Silk Road Belt to all of those resources in Africa because China and Russia are mining gold and other minerals and want to ship them, you know, back to their countries and and control those trade routes. And so that's that's what is happening with these terrorist troops in um, Aleppo, Damascus, and Homs. Um, so that's where Syria, supported by Russian, the Russian Air Force, is now attacking and trying to drive them out once and for all. Syria has committed to um, regaining control of all of Syria including the Golan Heights, which Donald Trump presumed to gift to Israel the other day um, yeah. in a friendly gesture to Netanyahu. Yeah, right. Which, yeah, and meanwhile, it was I- I'm on laughing. their I'm way. I'm you're laughing out loud at this, you know, that, right, Trump gifted that and then he installs a president in Venezuela. Who the hell does he think he is? I know, I know. <gasps> he wants to give the West Bank to... Um, Israel, too, and Gaza. He thinks we should just do it because that'll be better. And he's threatening, you know, saying that uh, Palestinians had better not fight back or it will get even worse for them after these recent airstrikes, which killed a pregnant mother and her 14-year-old daughter. There's an I saw another, like, four-month-old infant was blown up. These are entirely civilian um, targets. Two million Palestinians are trapped behind razor wire fence inside Gaza, and they have no means of escape. Palestine has not a single jet or or tank with which to defend itself. It has no military. Hamas is a paramilitary militia style um, group that has small arms. They do not have a military. Israel's military is supported with billions and billions of American tax dollars every Our year. Dollars. Palestine yeah. gets nothing. So, um, it's you know, and, and not only are these 2 million Palestinians trapped behind a razor wire fence that Israel erected and it does not constitute a border, they are surrounded by snipers who murder them. There was a girl waving a flag over the weekend. I believe she was a very young woman waving a Palestinian flag. They shot her in the head and killed her. That is just one example of what goes on there every single day. They are kidnapping dozens of Palestinian children in midnight raids throughout um the West Bank and Hebron, they are, they are bulldozing dozens and dozens of homes. Hundreds have become homeless just in the last week or two. Um, and then in the Golan Heights, 
Israel has, Netanyahu has declared that he's going to try and force 100,000 or more um, Jews to into the Golan Heights. And what's really scary about all of this, Evelyn, is this is reminiscent of what the Zionists did back in 1933 with the Havara Agreement, where the bankers made a deal with Hitler to force the relocation of 60,000 German Jews to Palestine in order to successfully colonize that country. And what they did was make life so miserable for those German Jews in, to, in order to induce them to leave. That's exactly what they're doing now with all these terrorist attacks around the globe. You know, in France, they're, they're saying, come home to Israel. The Jews, French Jews, come home to Israel. They're trying to force these relocations and re, you know, re, organize the world in their image of, you know, the, the slaves and the slave masters. That's what these people want. This is, this That's is scary. That's what the EU migration this, pact is about. Yeah, this stuff goes, this stuff has gone on for years, you know, behind our backs, but now with the internet, we can see it every day. Right. And now, right. now they don't even hide it. They just come right out and say it. No, we're taking over that country because we want the oil companies want the resources. We're in Syria. Yeah. We're going to keep troops there forever because they got lots of resources we want. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So it's horrifying. Well, then this business of uh, trying to force everybody to be vaccinated in this country, this is getting really, really scary. Now yeah. in Oregon, they're letting dentists give vaccinations. Oh, Jesus. And uh, John Hopkins uh, Children's Hospital in, in Florida now is denying a medical service to unvaccinated children. God, Evelyn. This is getting really, really scary. It's but I terrifying. So this is outright blackmail, trying to force parents to poison their very own children with vaccines. Well, and I Evelyn, think- the most important piece of this is that, yeah. you know, the average American assumes that these vaccines are safe. And the key missing piece of information is that there is, in fact, zero safety data. John uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. sued the Department of Health and Human Services in order to see that safety data that the Department of Health and Human Services is required to submit to Congress every two years for more than 30 years in exchange for immunity. And they have never once ever submitted any such vaccine safety study surveys, not one ever. And in this, at the same time, as you have pointed out, $4 billion in vaccine injury settlements has been paid out. If vaccines are safe, where is the safety data and why is $4 billion being paid out in settlements for dead and permanently injured children? Right. In the mainstream media, they'll still come out there and say there's no injuries from vaccines. Yep. I mean, this it's is flat so out insane. Propaganda. Yep. I know it. And I suppose because all the all the mainstream media is funded from the pharmaceutical company, you know, that, that, right. that uh, I suppose that pays for them to just sit out there and lie and lie and lie. Well, remember, so, the pharma lobby is now larger than the oil lobby. In Congress. Right. Right. So. Right. 
Oh, it's taken total control of this country. Yep. I mean, you know, I mean, they 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 want they they're uh, screening kids in schools and stuff, and saying that they got mental disorders and stuff, and forcing parents to give them psych drugs and everything. And now this vaccine issue is just gone insane, insane. Well, well and, and they're saying that it doesn't alone. cause autism. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, and this is, you know, again, we're talking about, oh, a great example. <clears throat> you know, we're talking about vaccines that prevent rashes. Like, no children have died from measles or mumps or chickenpox, you know, in any recent memory. And the number who have died is nowhere near the number who have been killed by the vaccines to prevent these rashes, okay? Well, meanwhile, on a U.S. naval vessel right now is an an outbreak of measles among a 100% vaccinated population. And in fact, not only were they previously vaccinated before being exposed, they were revaccinated while on board and this outbreak was taking place. And yet those who were revaccinated still became ill. So not only is there zero safety data, and there's $4 billion worth of injury settlements being paid for dead and permanently disabled people from vaccines, we have proof now that they don't even fucking work to prevent right. the diseases they claim to prevent. Right. We never we never hear about that story in nope. the mainstream media. No, they've been on that, you know about that for three months now, team. Evelyn. Yeah, yeah, three months. I know. It started back in uh, early February, I think. And, and they've been at sea quarantined all this time, and, and they can't get it to stop. Right. And, and this is so silly with this measles. I mean, you and I know, me and my sisters all had the measles when we were kids. We, we didn't even go to a doctor. It's a We rash. weren't sick enough to even go to a doctor. It was nothing. I mean, in right. fact, there was four of us. I don't remember any of us being really sick, like right down in bed or anything. It yeah, was a non-event. Just to stay home. Yeah. Yeah, that was all there was to it. It was nothing. Yeah. You know, and they would, they've been hiding that Brady Bunch uh, video where way back, that would have been in the 60s, where the Brady Bunch all got the measles and they were all happy. They got yep. to be off school and be home. But but people Eat had found that cream. video and put it back yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They were all happy. Yeah. There were books. So, like in the old books, they talk about, you know, being home in bed with chicken pox or measles for a few days and getting to get your mom to, you know, take care of you and how every kid kind of looked forward to it because it was their turn to get pampered. <laughs> well, so, yeah, because, I mean, I mean I, I, when I was growing up, our bedrooms were upstairs. It was a great big old house, you know, and I don't even remember of us being upstairs in bed with these measles. Yeah, I mean, I would I would remember if one of us were really sick or something from it, but we weren't. Yeah, and then, so and then most, you have lifelong immunity when you get the measles when you're a kid. You have lifelong immunity. And now these vaccines, they say they work and everything, but now they're saying, oh, that uh, after a few years they don't work anymore. You got to get more vaccines. When yep. you get the measles, you have lifelong immunity, and they say that immunity even fights against cancer that you develop yes. when you get these childhood. Same with chickenpox. Same with chickenpox, yeah. lifelong immunity. And what's happening with the chickenpox vaccine, vaccine is that it's wearing off and people aren't being naturally exposed, re-exposed 
to stimulate their immune systems the way we would be if the virus was being passed around the way it should be normally. Mm-hmm. And so right. what happens with men is that if they contract chickenpox as an adult because their vaccine wore off, they can become right. sterile. Yeah. If they have gotten well, um, chickenpox through the natural means and, and their body processed the illness naturally, then they would not have that risk as an adult. Right, right. And, and I hear that men that uh, if, if that wears off and they get um, the mumps as an adult, that they can have real problems, that they can become infertile and everything. That their that's same with chicken pox. That's what, yes, the same with chicken pox, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, here, here was a meme I had. It said, 32 people sick from E. coli and all lettuce gets pulled off the shelf. 42,000 kids injured from vaccines in 2008, and nobody bats an eye. 42,000, how many? 42,000 um, injured when? Injured in vaccine, from vaccines in 2018. 42,000 kids injured from vaccines. Yeah. In 2000, wow. nobody bats an eye. And those are only yeah. the ones that are reported, right? I mean, we know right. there are far more that don't get reported. As vaccine well, they say between only one and ten percent of these injuries ever do get reported. So you multiply yeah. this by ninety percent of how many kids so, reported to see how oh, many are really wow. injured by these vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Evelyn, just the Gardasil alone. Okay, this is a vaccine yeah. that is for preventing a virus that very rarely causes cancer. And the latest figures I had seen were that there were 270 deaths associated with that vaccine reported and 57,000 injuries. Yeah. Just for to prevent a rare form of cancer. I have never heard of a teenage girl having cervical cancer in my life. No. Nope. So ridiculous. And then they give it to boys that, for warts. I never yeah. knew a guy that had warts in my life. So. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. So the whole thing, it is terrifying. It is terrifying because most of the American public is completely, you know, uh, brainwashed on this one. Yeah. Well, this one, this other meme I got, it says, I'm sorry, but I have to laugh at people who are scared of measles. There's been 11 deaths in the United States in the past 19 years, yet over 400 people have died from the vaccine. Over 1,000 have been disabled, and altogether 90,000 people have had adverse reactions. If you're scared of a rash, fever, runny nose, cough, you should read the page, pages full of side effects on the vaccine insert. And that's the truth. You know, these doctors never show people these parents this vaccine inserts. They should. They've never They'll read them themselves. The, yeah, the doctors have true. never read them themselves. Right, right, right. Oh, man. They just parrot well, what they hear. Well, this is going to cause a revolution. I'm certain because parents are not, I don't care what you do to parents. There is nothing you could do to me that would force me to poison my own children with these vaccines. Yeah, it, it, this is this is going to be an interesting um, 
This is going to be interesting because this this legislation, as you pointed out, there's a lot going on at the state level to test this out. And at the very same time, and it is, you know, the idea that this is coincidence is absurd, but U.S. Congress is secretly pushing through legislation that is kept private from the public. Like, this is public policy that they are not allowing the public to even participate in, including people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who has done, you know, extensive work in this area. So they're trying to get the the national legislation teed up to push through um, as soon as these test cases at the state level are are pulled pulled off somehow. Yeah, Um well, and they're going after any doctors that'll write exemptions for um, for parents and everything, you know. And they'll take right. them, they'll they'll take their license away. I mean, this is how yeah. how awful it has become in this country. This is fascism. This is what fascism yeah. looks like. We are living it right now. That's what that is. Yeah. yeah. Well, yesterday they put out a meme. It says, um, "Urge an update." Vaccine rights attorney Alan Phillips was jailed for t- protecting his clients confidentiality. The North Carolina State Bar sued Attorney Phillips for years of client records without any evidence of wrongdoing. The court ordered Attorney Phillips to turn over the records. He refused. The court held him in contempt and put him in jail. That's for a vaccine, you know, that he's not going to show him medical records of his patients. And why should he? Right. No, that's a problem. I had outpatient clinics and we had confidentiality. I wouldn't show my patients' records to anybody. Outside those agencies, no. This is this is fascism. When the whistleblowers and journalists are the ones who go to jail, we are seeing it over and over again. Look at Julian Assange and and Chelsea Manning and John Kirikow. All the whistleblowers are and journalists are the only ones to go to jail. The criminals just run free. This is fascism. We there are no systems in place except us. To be able to change no this. right and they block all of our posts and are you still kicked off facebook i am i think i have another um like 18 days or something 19 days yeah. well i put out i put out that post yesterday about them triplets getting autism over after vaccination and i said uh people are labeling us vaccine whistleblowers as anti-vaxxers need to watch this video and explain to us how three triplets would all get autism hours after being vaccinated. And this is yeah. the best video to show people. You tell, you explain this to me. Yep. Well, and then, you know, Evelyn, the there, are, there are whistleblowers. Um, I forget the gentleman's name. He was with the CDC. He's He's been legally classified Thompson. a whistleblower. Thompson, right. Thompson. William Thompson. Yeah, I think his name is yeah he's Thompson. the one that came. He talked about how the um, studies on the was it the MMR vaccine um, right. Right. showed a direct yeah. correlation between them yeah. and the autism, and that he was yeah. forced to doctor the data in order to eliminate that as a risk. Right. Right. And I don't see many reports out here anymore. I mean, they stifled him, too. He's still at the CDC, isn't he? Yes, because he's protected. But they they don't let him do anything. Like, they keep him, you know, sitting by doing nothing at a desk is basically what they do. Yeah. Well, I think I put out a meme this morning. There's like 270 
one vaccine in the pipeline. So I said, you see why they're trying to push these mandatory vaccines? They got more. Well, then it's a big market. And meanwhile, you know, think about the fact that the Pentagon, it has a $2 billion a year program that it's run operating in 25 different nations where they're using private contractors to develop lethal, incurable, man-made viruses. Like, what the fuck? Why would we be spending our tax dollars like that when, you know, millions of Americans are homeless and hungry, first of all? And second of all, like, what the hell do you need to develop new lethal incurable viruses for except to sell people a fucking vaccine? Yeah, right. That's what that's about. And there's more news reports out lately, too, about us having, you know, the highest health care and and, um, most dangerous place to give birth in the adult world. Here we sit with the highest price health care in the world. But our, our infant mortality rate is the highest of any developed country. But we and get maternal vaccines death on the first day of birth. Yep. Yep. This is what's killing and making our, our whole generation sick. It's not just one generation. It's several generations now that are the sickest in the world in this country. And we've got all the vaccines. And that's what's causing it. Yep. You know, I told you how my grandson didn't get vaccines and until he was eight years old, and I haven't kept track since, but I, but I just happened to notice because I happened to go to his house. That was the first time in his life that he was down in bed sick, actually sick. Eight years wow. old, he never got any vaccines. I saved him from any vaccine. He's never sick. Never. And Incredible. that's why, because he hasn't been poisoned with these vaccines. I mean, all, of the, all the illnesses that they say um, that you're you're putting off by vaccinating. If you read the vaccine insert, they're all listed on there. They're all right. side effects of these vaccines. Well, and then, you know, go in ahead. addition, um, you know, the CDC itself recommends against vaccinating children in homes with immune compromised family members. Why would that be? Because when you get vaccinated, you shed the virus and make other people sick. Right, right. So you're walking around as though nothing's wrong and you're spreading the virus because you got vaccinated. Everywhere you go, you're spreading that virus. Right. In the mainstream media, they never point out, they never point out where, you know, they'll leave out that the, all these kids that get measles are vaccinated, have been vaccinated. Yes. Or, or that, that, yeah. that the, back, the measles are being spread by the people that, that have been vaccinated. Yes, just like on that U.S. Navy ship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah, they should be talking about that constantly. They are 100% vaccinated and received boosters, and they are still getting sick. This is within three months' time. Yeah, yeah. And this is another thing, our military. They force all of them to take all those vaccines. Think how many Cheryl of Atkins, our military have yes. been poisoned by the vaccines. Yes. Cheryl Atkinson did a great report where she discovered she was researching these vaccines in the military and discovered there's an entire wing. I think it's at Walter Reed Army Hospital for just vaccine injured soldiers. Really? So again, yes, wow. an entire war. I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. I said that she's one of the few journalists out there that's honest about this. But, yeah, tell me more about that. There's a whole I, You wing. know, I wish I... 
I'm sorry, I can't. I, I just know, I remember seeing that, that um, she had done this in a post by somebody and that she was someone who really exposed the vaccine industry as one that with widespread abuses. And, and it was when she discovered that there was this entire unit um, just for these vaccine injured soldiers that uh, she she kind of blew the case open. But I, I, that is something I'm going to look more into. I apologize. I don't have more details on that right now. Oh, no, no, no. I'm real anxious to, to get into that, too. Well, let's swing over. We're running we're out of time already. Let's swing over to when you ran into Alan Dershowitz. Oh, so a group <laughs> of us um, went to a protest and APAC dinner here in the Boston area at uh, the Boston the Seaport um, Convention Center. And we were standing across the street with our signs and um, shouting protests. And Alan Dershowitz come, walks by and yells, go fuck yourselves, and then walks in the door of the building where we were standing. And I shouted wait a minute, back. Wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> oh. wait a minute, wait a minute. Alan Dershowitz yelled, go fuck yourselves to you people protesting? Yes, yes. And it was beautiful because it obviously pissed him off and we got under his skin. And then I shouted back. He had gone into the building and I shouted back, Alan Dershowitz is a pedophile. (laughs) Very loudly. So um, meanwhile, you know, all of these people that were going into this APAC dinner were all dressed up and, you know, in their expensive dresses and suits. And all the women were flipping us the bird. It was just, it was really, it was absurd. We were totally getting under their skin. It was more magnificent. So, and the police, interestingly, Evelyn, one gen, one of the attendees at the APAC dinner walked up to one of the protesters in our group and started, uh, and confronted her. And, and the police came from across the street over to where we were and told the guy who had confronted one of our protesters that he needed to step back or he would be removed, which I was really blown away. He said that we had every right to be there. And the police were very polite and insistent upon people um, not uh, harassing us. They, they regularly came over and moved people along who were stopping to and appeared to be ready to um, bother us. So, um, that it was really well, great. You, we really pissed them off. And I, we were standing underneath this uh, this little um, enclosed area, and I was I was shouting things like "Free Palestine," "Boycott Israeli apartheid," "Zionism is terrorism," and the echo was so loud it was magnificent. And there were people coming around from the roof looking down, so I think they could even hear it inside as I was shouting. For half an hour, I kept going. <laughs> that's great that's great you know i think i think that dershowitz i think he's i think he, there's so many people involved in in epstein's sex ring that um, oh yeah i think he's blackmailing all these people i really do yeah he goes out there now on the mainstream media now i watched him on the view and i watched him on this other show they keep putting him out there you know and he was talking about this case and the reason that virginia roberts can sue him for defamation is because he's out there saying this isn't true that he he never um, raped her, and and so this is the defamation. See, before right. I don't think she, for some reason I don't think she could be in the case or something. But anyhow, this is great because 
filing for defamation, I know because I had a defamation case that I filed against these people, that you have to prove the exact things that she say that he's saying are not true. So this brings the sex charges up, you know, and then like right. these other people um, filing affidavits that they, they were forced to have sex with him too. You know, so this yeah, is going to bring it all over. I think Dershowitz has blackmail information on everybody. I mean, um, Robert said that, that Epstein has cameras all over his mansions and everything, and that he takes pictures of all of these people having sex with these underage girls. So think of the blackmail material he has on everybody. And Dershowitz out here and calling, the, calling this girl a whore and a prostitute and all this stuff. This is so ridiculous. Even on The View and even on this other show I watched him on, the people were kind of like attacking him a little, saying, you're calling her a prostitute? And he's saying, well, no. And he said, well, she was only 15 when Jeffrey Epstein took her, you know, and put her into being sexually abused. You know, I mean, they're correcting him on this. That this is wrong to call these it's girls sick. prostitutes. It's sick. Yeah. Well, and, it is this, you know, the the way that, you know, all the evidence about Nexium specifically is um, that it was run as a human compromise operation. That's what they do. That's, you know, that's how this right. works. And that's exactly what was demonstrated with Jeffrey Epstein's thing. That's how these billionaires maintain their power and wealth is by corrupting and blackmailing and threatening other people. It's it, There's no way to achieve that kind of wealth and hold on to it unless you are committing those kinds of crimes. And, you know, Alan Dershowitz is not accused by a single person. He's accused by 24 separate people, for heaven's sake. He is on yeah. the manifest for the, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's plane. Anyone with an ounce of good judgment who cares at all about their reputation, even if Alan Dershowitz, out of sheer stupidity, decided to go ahead and... um and represent Jeffrey Epstein and not just to protect his own ass, which is the, own, the reason why he's doing it, because sure. he has his own crimes to cover up. But, you know, you wouldn't go to the guy's house. You would have all the meetings in your office where it, was, it could be observed by other people, you know. You don't go to the, on his private plane where he's accused of trafficking girls. You know, right. it's just right. bad judgment to do that in the first place. And, you know, like, what about the, you know, I would not want to be associated with a child sex trafficker. I'm sorry. Like, no. why would anyone be okay with that unless they were okay with child sex trafficking? Correct. Correct. And the media people are all involved in this, too. I mean, that welcome home yes. party they had from, from uh, when he got out of the county jail um, uh, George Stephanopoulos was there. I think Katie Couric. I mean, they're all involved in this and that. And that's why on TV they just all cover it up and they, and they don't say anything, you know. And yes, Dershowitz was protecting his own ass because he got that immunity agreement to cover all of them, anybody that was involved yes. in this, in, in that yes. in that non-prosecution agreement, and that covered all of them. So he th he thought yep. and this, this is the longest running sex trafficking case in the history of this country. Is Jeffrey wow. But all the elite are involved in this. And it, and it goes the same for the next case. The elite. People yes. are always saying, well, we, we, we end these child trafficking cases, but we don't get at the elite. Yes, we are at the elite. Yeah, people don't realize this. Claire Brumpton. 
And look, yes. look at Claire Bronfman. She financed yes. the Nexium sex cult to the tune of $100 million. And that doesn't include yeah. the um, attorney's fees for her own defense and Keith Rainier's defense in the, this latest um, pr- proceeding. And yeah, that's supposed to start yes, tomorrow. Yeah. And Claire and- Bronfman was supposedly like the chief operating officer or, or head of operations or something like this. And yet, it is her employee, Nancy Salzman, I believe, who is facing many more years in jail than Claire Bronson. Right. Well, Trish, our time's up already. <laughs> but, uh, it goes fast. So much, so much to cover, I'll tell you. Okay, yeah, well, thanks a lot, Trish. We'll see you next week. We'll see, next- yep, we'll see you next week, people. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left